0: Hello and welcome to the April DCM podcast. My name, as always, is Tom Linne. And this month, I'm joined by Rosie Fletcher, editor of the pop culture website, Den of Geek. Hi, Rosie. Hi. How are you? Really good, thanks, yeah. Good, good. Now, Den of Geek, if you aren't aware, is one of the UK's most popular and successful entertainment websites covering films, TV, games, books, comics, and according to their own um, website, dedication to the work of Jason Statham. Yes, somewhat. (laughs) Uh, So... How did you get to be editor of Den of Geek?
1: Well, so I've been a movie journalist for more than a decade now. Um, I, I started actually in film journalism um, on a little magazine called DVD Review, which doesn't exist anymore, but it was a wonderful little mag. Um, and then from there, I moved on to Total Film Magazine. So I was in magazines for many years. So that was about, yeah, about six years on Total Film. Then I was digital spy movies editor for two years, um, and then moved across to Den of Geek uh, to be the editor, which is fantastic.
0: And uh, how long ago was that? Uh,
1: about ten months ago now, so okay. I'm quite
0: new. So... Um Den of Geek, it's. I mean, obviously, it's a very popular website. I've been reading it for many years. What do you think sets Den of Geek apart from other pop culture websites?
1: Yeah, so I think our big USP, and wh- it was created about 11 years ago. And one of the reasons it was created is because the internet can often be quite um, sort of an unpleasant space. There was, there's quite a lot of negativity, quite a lot of toxicity. So the idea of Den of Geek was to create something which was kind of like um, a community and a safe space for people to talk about um, entertainment and all the you know the films and TV and games that they love, but um, in a way that was always positive, always friendly with like-minded people. Essentially, if you're someone who, you know, I'm very lucky I live in London and I have a lot of friends who are in the industry and so I always have people to talk about, uh, like, pop culture with. But if you're someone who doesn't live, you know, in a big city or doesn't know that many people are into it, it should be a place that you can come and discuss all the spoilers and theories and reviews and all the, all the things that you love about your favourite kind of pop culture uh,
0: things. And uh, you said the, it can be quite toxic mm. uh, and Den of Geek provides a kind of safe space for that. That's yeah. become more important than ever, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the things we have at Den of Geek, we have a long-running column called Geeks Versus Loneliness, which um, has a focus on mental health and sort of well-being. Um, the comments section at Den of Geek is very important to us to kind of maintain... Um, yeah, really nice, friendly uh, community environment, and we have a lot of very loyal readers who are who are great actually, and who are kind of self-policing. So if somebody comes in new and isn't very nice, then people will call them out on it. And if someone comes in new and just wants to talk to people, everyone's really friendly. So it's yeah, it's super
0: important. And for for listeners who might be wary of reading the bottom half of the internet, mm. Den of Geek has possibly the most civilised comment section of any any website I've been on. Yeah,
1: I mean, as I said, I'm so lucky for that. Like, we just don't have that level of of meanness and and toxicity. And if anybody does come in, as I said, the other commenters will be like, right, nope, shutting that down. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I'd say come come in and read the comment section, you know.
0: And what's your favourite part of the job?
1: Ooh, that's an interesting question. I mean, of course, I love movies, so I, I love to go to screenings. I really like to write. Um, I have a really great team. I really like working with my team. That's good. I think my, my favourite part is when all of us have seen the same movie and we're all kind of working together really quickly uh, to try and get an article out. So, for example, I know we're going to get on to this in a bit, but this week we saw um, Avengers Endgame. I saw it with um, three other team members, And we had an hour to turn the review around and it was so lovely just going to sit in the pub straight out of the cinema, talking about what we thought, trying to get this article done, get it up in an hour. And it was was great. It was just a lovely feeling.
0: So as editor, you still get to write regularly? Yeah,
1: I don't write as much as I would like to or as I used to because obviously there are a lot of other things that demands on my time. But yeah, I make sure I get to write as often as I can.
0: Well, you've obviously um, spoiled part of what we're going to talk about for <laughs> Sorry. this. That's a, re- that's a relevant word for this chat. But I'll just give a bit of context. We're recording on Thursday, the 25th of April. Now, for a large number of movie fans, this is a significant day because it's the day that Avengers Endgame is finally released uh, to the public. We've both seen it. And while we'll do our best to avoid spoilers, we, uh, we have to talk about it. And it's a film which it's remarkably difficult to talk about without spoiling some aspect of it in some way. So I would suggest that if anyone listening hasn't yet seen Avengers Endgame, go and see it and then listen to this chat. We're not going to spoil it, uh, it, but obviously if you are sensitive to that sort of thing. And that must be something that you have to deal with a lot in your reviews and such like. Spoiler culture is a big thing at the moment. Um, But I'll take a minor tangent here. Uh, How do you deal with uh, spoiler culture and and the worry that you might, reveal a piece of information that people don't want to to be revealed. Yeah,
1: I mean that you're right, that's a really interesting question. Um I think Endgame is a little bit of a unique situation. So with this with the review, uh the top half of our review was pre-written, so it's just explaining the context. And then there was a whole paragraph basically saying that with Endgame because it's like 11 years, 22 movies in the making and it, it's so important to people that really even saying anything about it could be construed as a spoiler. So what we we wrote was a paragraph saying, look, you know, even commenting on it, even saying it's good to some people feels like a spoiler. So if you're, if you're sensitive to that, just go and watch it and come back and read the review afterwards. Now, that's not true for, for all movies. You know, you never want to spoil an ending, you never want to give away a, a big reveal, but something like um, Eighth Grade, for example, which is out tomorrow, um, that's a little movie that is absolutely terrific and you'd want to be able to give a good like, decent level of context. So I think it's really kind of case by case because some movies, you know, have twists or are about plot lines. But other movies, like, for example, Eighth Grade, Eighth Grade, it really isn't about the plot at all anyway. So, yeah, I think it's just a, a case by case, I guess.
0: OK, so on to Avengers Endgame. Mm, mm. What did you think of it? I loved it. It
1: was amazing. Yeah, we gave it five it stars. It got
0: five stars on the website? Yes, it did. Um, was there... You said three of you were sat in the pub writing the review... Uh, mm. Composing the review afterwards. Was there any disagreement or was it all agreement that there was to be five stars
1: um so we all agreed it was five stars um i think so there, there is sometimes disagreement i'm going to be slightly controversial here and say that i didn't love infinity war i liked it but i didn't think it was the masterpiece that some people did um but my team do love it so there were points where i was saying oh it's more i can't remember. i was writing the review and i can't remember there was some word i used uh, to compare it to infinity war and they were like nope i don't agree so I'm like, yep okay Point taken, we'll change that. Um, so, yeah, generally speaking, it was, it was a consensus that we all just thought it was terrific, really.
0: And you said beforehand, before we started recording, that it, a film like Avengers Endgame, you are incredibly busy in the run-up to, mm. to the release of it. What does that involve?
1: Well, I mean, actually, it's been, it's been years, because both of those movies, both Infinity War and Endgame, have been uh, on cards card for a really long time, and people are naturally completely fascinated by them. So every time a Marvel movie comes out, you know, be it Captain Marvel or Black Panther, we are looking at what implications um, that will have for uh, Infinity War and Endgame later. Um, so, yeah, there are quite a lot of articles which are, some of them are kind of, um, I suppose, fan theories or what a different movie means for Endgame. Um, yeah, and, and again, with this, a lot of it is, again, without spoilers, is the surrounding features after having seen it. All the things that we talk about in the office, you can you can basically um, be confident that if we're obsessing about a particular element of it, so will everyone else be. And those are the articles that we need to make sure we really nail.
0: And talking about the film, I am. I mean, I I enjoyed it immensely as mm. well, uh, and I do think it was better than Infinity War. And um, <laughs> I, but I'm not someone who is a total Marvel mm. geek. You know, I really love. Um, superhero films I probably I don't know if I should reveal this but I probably err uh, towards the DC universe okay. but um, what I found so exciting about this one and we've already touched on it slightly is that I had no idea which direction it was going to go in all. and within the first five minutes I was like wow that, so this is what they're doing with this and I was on board and then f- throughout the first half an hour I was like Okay, this feels like a bold choice. Oh, and this feels like a bold yeah. choice. It felt like they made some really bold choices, particularly with how they treat certain characters. Mm. And um, for me, it was just a, you know, and as I said, I'm not, I'm not a total Marvel uh, nut. I just found it really refreshing in to have to be consistently surprised in the first hour of a, a big Marvel and superhero blockbuster.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, actually, like Marvel and Disney have done a really amazing job of, of keeping a lot of the things that happen in it, Secret, and yeah, I mean, I completely agree, there were so many rug pulls. It was also, because um, it's like, three hours long, uh, and it doesn't feel it, I thought I thought it really whipped by, uh, but it almost is, it's three-act structure, but it's almost like three different films, where well, you have one and, you, and there's loads of things that you didn't expect, and then there's a whole other one with loads of things that you didn't expect, and then you have that end-of-the-second-act moment where it's like, oh my goodness, you know, so um, yeah, I thought it was really brave. Yeah, I'm, I'm really brave.
0: I'm amazed that they managed to keep so much of it secret. How do they do that? I don't know. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to explain it, spoil any of this, but Mm. there are so many secrets in this movie. So many secrets,
1: yeah. I think, I mean, they've been cultivating this um, Thanos demands your silence thing for a long time. Um, And I I do think this movie is really quite unique. I don't think anything like this has really ever existed uh, in cinema. Um, So, yeah, everyone's been on lockdown, even when... um, I don't have ooh, spoilers. Uh, even the <laughs> the junket time, only certain actors were in the junket, so that you couldn't even infer anything f- from it. There were certain things that p- some of my team, who were really, really marvel, did guess, but not because they'd been revealed, but just because they're really smart people. Um, so yeah, I think it's been actually like a, a a big deal for for Disney to to keep it under wraps.
0: So it's already opened to record breaking numbers yeah. in China. Uh, The advanced ticket sales in the UK are the highest of any film in history. It's going to be absolutely massive, isn't Mm. it? They're talking about it would have grossed a billion dollars worldwide by the end of the weekend. These these are insane, unheard of numbers.
1: Yeah, that is actually insanity. I I saw something sent around today that I think they're predicting that it's going to be the biggest movie of all time, which is incredible. I mean, that's currently held by Avatar. And for a movie, I mean, if that is true, if it does go that way, that's actually mind-blowing because... Avatar, you remember, is a standalone. So yeah. basically, anybody can go and see it. You don't have to have watched twenty-one other movies to understand that. But to achieve something that's the twenty-second movie in a in a franchise that still grosses more than, you know, a standalone is just madness.
0: I mean I mean just to context as well. I mean I'm I'm not certain it will beat Avatar because Avatar mm. is so far ahead of everyone else. It is uh, it's yeah. at 2.8 billion wow. and The Last Avengers film I think just did 2 billion. Still huge huge numbers. Yeah. But either way I'm, I I think we're going to see probably top two or three biggest films of all time worldwide. Yeah. And as you said, for a film with 22nd f- uh, films in. 22 films in is an incredible achievement. Now, the big question is though and mm. Again, I having seen Avengers Endgame, I'm still not 100% certain. Where does the Marvel Cinematic Universe go from here? Do you know what? The,
1: the trouble is, I do have an answer. It's not necessarily right. But if I say it, then it's going to be a bit of a spoiler. So some of the things that happen in, um, in Endgame are very surprising and open up possibilities for things that you perhaps didn't know were possible. So that's really all I can say yeah. in a very practical, <laughs> so, but on a more practical term, uh, we know for so we, we know some, some of the things that are coming out. We know some movies that are on the horizon. Next one being obviously um, Spider-Man Far From Home. Yep. Um, so that's quite interesting. We know that's coming, that's coming in July. Um, I understand, although I don't know whether this is definitely confirmed, that they're talking about, so this was supposed to be the end of phase three, so obviously um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been divided into phases, um, and it's possible that Far From home is now going to be drawn back in and be part of phase three, which is really interesting and also has implications for what's going to happen with the other movies going
0: forward. No <laughs> spoilers, this is probably not the most satisfying <laughs> section <laughs> no. of the podcast to listen to, but um, but you're right. And they, I mean, we know there's three Marvel films currently on the slate in mm-hmm. 2020, but we don't know what titles they are. No,
1: well, so there's some have been confirmed, so we definitely but we don't know w- w- at what point we they're coming, don't. though. We don't know what's dated, uh, and yeah, and we don't know when certain things are coming. And some things have been greenlit and other things have been rumoured. But we know we're getting... So Guardians 3 is happening. Yep. Um, uh Black Panther 2 is probably happening.
0: I think that will be end of next year, if not early 2021. Gosh. Yeah,
1: Sounds we're really going into... Yeah. yeah. Um, Doctor Strange 2 is, is happening. Um, and then there are some standalone movies that we know about as well. So there's the Black Widow movie, which is really interesting. Uh, we've got um, Shang-Chi and also Eternals. So those are the ones that are being talked about, but we don't know very much about this.
0: I mean, the great thing is, though, that this three-hour epic blockbuster uh, extravaganza, it it might be the end of uh, phase three, but you just know that almost all the fans are going to be ready for more. I mean, uh, it, although this new film has a real sense of closure in a number of ways, it just teases more things. It, it really does. And I I wouldn't be surprised to see things properties like the Light like Eternals, which I think is re- one of the less known Marvel properties, yeah. becoming as big as Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. or, or something along those lines. And obviously Black Panther 2 is going to be absolutely massive. It's, it's, mm. it's a hugely exciting time for superhero and blockbuster cinema, isn't it?
1: It is. In fact, it's an exciting time for cinema in general. I mean, the fact that this can exist um, and be good. I mean, that's the thing. Like, to be cynical, you know, if, if you told me in, in 2008 that 11 years later I'd be watching the 22nd movie, I'd be like, total face palming, thinking, oh my God, that, that sounds awful. Especially
0: when but the it second isn't, one you know? was The Incredible Hulk. <laughs> well, it, well, exactly,
1: but it, but it's actually genuinely a brilliant film. It's, it's, like, got so much heart and so much ambition, and it looks beautiful, and it's brilliantly performed, and you have, like, it's packed with A-listers. I mean, it's really kind of, um, I think it's really opening up, up worlds
0: for what cinema can do, basically. And also, I think it's really interesting that people are so excited to turn out for a three-hour film. I know, but uh, it's zipped by, though, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. I think I, I'm just very happy that, I came out of it thinking, the fans of this whole series yeah. are going to be overjoyed. I don't think, yeah, I don't think there's true. a single hardcore fan who isn't going to love this. And yeah. it's a genuine, it's heartwarming, it's emotional, it's moving, it's exciting, it's spectacular. It's everything that I think everyone would, is hoping it will be.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And I mean, the, the three hour runtime does it by, I have to say, I'm not an advocate for movies in general <laughs> being three hours. You have to time your wee breaks really carefully with that sort of thing. And there's a sort of slight anxiety, oh my God. Am I going to get bored? Am I going to go to sleep? But no part of it is boring, and I mean, and it really treats all its characters um, with real kind of dignity, and I don't know. Everyone everyone gets their moment. Everyone gets their moment, and it's
0: genuinely a lot of people get their moment. Yeah. Um, my colleague, incidentally, did go to the toilet during the film and it is the fastest <sighs> toilet break that I've ever seen anyone. I'm not even... He insists he made it to the toilet and washed his hands. I'm not
1: uh, sure. Uh, uh, so we were planning... <laughs> we were thinking, I oh, we'll um, you know, what, what, what will do... What would people want to read about? I will do an article at what point... At what points during Endgame can you go to the bathroom? and afterwards we didn't run that article because the answer is kind of no points actually like there's not really any bit that isn't packed with something
0: even if it's just a moment of
1: pathos or a funny line
0: well fun enough none of us had obviously seen the film prior to Tuesday but I think he did choose the best point to go <laughs> I don't know how he did it but he, it was just you know um, it was fate so, so, <laughs> <laughs> so what other films have you enjoyed this year Rosie?
1: Um, oh this year's been pretty, pretty good uh, what have I loved? I, I loved Us the Jordan Peele movie, I thought that was brilliant. Um, yeah, big fan Total of that. horror nuts, and loved that. I don't I don't know that the internal logic works entirely, but I don't think it matters. I thought it was really important. Um, oh, goodness me, the performances in that were just extraordinary. Um, I thought that was fantastic. There's a movie called Lords of Chaos, which I was a really big fan of.
0: I didn't have the stomach to watch that one. Yeah, I, I mean... I've heard it's very
1: dark. It is very dark. It's also really funny. Basically, it's got one scene in it, which is um, absolutely horrific and massively triggering. Um but, and I did have to cover my eyes for that, even though I'm kind of hardcore horror. That was really a bit much. But the rest of it, you know, it's a true story. Yes,
0: yeah, about a Norwegian black metal band. That's isn't right. It? Yeah, uh, directed by Jonas Ackerland. Yes. And starring Kieran Colkin or Rory Colkin. Uh, Rory, Rory Culkin. Culkin. Yes. Uh,
1: yes. And um, so actually, although it's kind of being built as horror, it's more a uh, true crime, yeah. really. Uh, and it's funny. It's really funny. Which I was not, totally not expecting, so and, I thought it was
0: great. And Emory Cohen as well, who's an excellent performer. Yes. Wow. So, yeah, it's one of those ones again. I read, I read a lot about it, and I was excited to see it. But I just know that I'll just have nightmares, or just feel very young. You, you would that one scene? You're not gonna. Y- yeah, yet. exactly. But um, maybe I'll watch it on home end.
1: Uh, uh What else? I Like, oh, and um, yeah, I mean, Eighth Grade, as I said, coming out tomorrow is honestly my favourite film of the year. Um, that also we gave five stars to, and it's this tiny little movie about an eighth grade girl just about to graduate. Um, And it's kind of about how awful and difficult it is to be young in the social media age, but it's just dealt with beautifully. It's absolutely heartbreaking. I honestly can't recommend that movie enough. I kind of think Endgame's going to be um, one of the biggest movies. Well, it'll be the biggest movie of the year, if not ever. Please go and see Eighth Grade. It it kind of needs to support more than um, Endgame does. I
0: think that's a a brave piece of counter-programming as well, releasing it on the um, weekend of Avengers Endgame. And I'm... Again, I'm really excited to see that. I've been looking forward to that since it premiered at Sundance in yeah, tw- 2018. It's Bo- adorable. Yeah, Bo Burnham directed it, Elsie Fisher playing the lead, mm. and by all accounts, should have been awards nominated. 100 Yeah, But very excited about that. So, looking ahead to the rest of the year, what films are you looking forward to?
1: Um, well, obviously, the next biggest... Actually, the interesting thing is, uh, at the end of this year, we've got a new Star Wars movie. So I was very fascinated to see whether um, Rise of Skywalker... Is able to beat uh, Endgame in terms of box office, but I'm really excited for that. I think it's it's brilliant. It's obviously the ninth movie in the series, uh, the kind of last part of the third trilogy, and I think that's just going to be fascinating and brilliant.
0: Do you get a similar response from your readership to Star Wars as you do to uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe films? We do, yeah. Although, is is it a similar level of coverage?
1: Uh, Yes, absolutely. Yeah, Um, yeah. Although not with so with uh, Last Jedi certainly that was huge for us. Um, solo didn't land in the same way i don't know whether it's the timing or perhaps the director troubles but that didn't that didn't quite land but the main um the main series gets yeah huge effort for us
0: and uh, i'm glad you brought it up as well because the new trailer dropped very recently at star wars yeah. celebration yeah, yeah. and again i'm still surprised that last jedi was so divisive because i enjoyed it immensely i loved it yeah. and uh, i think this one the response to the trailer has been very positive indeed, yeah. and there's some really amazing moments in the trailer. I love the flip with Ray over the yeah. the Tie Fighter, and it teases the fact that former foes are coming back as well in yeah. uh, Palpatine. And again, with as with all these Star Wars films, the look of them is just stunning and
1: absolutely beautiful. Yeah,
0: I mean, I was, I was, I was marvelling at Ray's belt. It's mm. like a single piece of leather belt thing that, and I was just like, where can I get one of those? I'd never wear it. I'm too old. But, <laughs> a, whole, um, a whole new outfit. Yeah. They all get
1: new costumes yeah. and they look fantastic. Yeah,
0: they do. I mean, it's exciting. It's out on the 19th of December. Um, what else?
1: Um, I'm really looking forward to Brightburn, which is a really interesting one. It's um, it's basically a superhero movie uh, and a horror movie in the same, uh, in the same package. So that's basically, ticking a couple of boxes yeah, for me.
0: If there's a Venn diagram, you're right in the centre yeah. there. And, <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm, again, another one I'm really excited about because... I, I feel like it should have been done before. It ha- I don't. Well, I don't think it has. It's Superman. It's well. It's about a young boy who arrives on Earth. His parent is brought up by a couple of uh, by a, a couple who are unable to have their own children, and uh, he turns out to have special powers like Superman. Yeah. But instead of being good he becomes evil. like superman 2's evil superman yes. um and um it it looks quite it looks genuinely quite dark and um, and scary it does it's
1: a great idea i mean um so not the same at all but chronicle did a, a similar thing which was almost like if you had all this if you in real life if you had all this amazing power you might not use it responsibly you might use it to to do terrible things um but this is yeah again a different take on that and i think it's just looks really exciting
0: yeah and elizabeth banks is in that james gunn is is producing it's out on the 21st of june and i think you said you had one or two more well
1: so i'm quite excited
0: about uh, extremely evil shockingly wicked
1: and vile which is a ridiculous title, um, but that's the movie that, that Zac Efron stars in, uh, playing Ted Bundy.
0: Yes, and that's out very soon, isn't it? It is
1: out very soon, and actually, oh, I say am excited, but I, I have seen it. I didn't. It's not. Um, I didn't love it, but it's good and it's really, really interesting. It's a really interesting take on how you deal with um, like a true crime case like that.
0: I have some very close friends, one of which is my partner, who love Zac Efron, mm. so um, they're kind of intrigued to see him play drastically against type as well.
1: Yeah, and he's brilliant. He's perfectly cast in it. I mean, the angle of the movie is it's almost um, through the eyes of his girlfriend, who's played by um, Lily Collins, who basically, in real life, took ages to be able to accept that he'd done these things, even though... It was screamingly obvious. There was a lot of evidence that he totally did do it. And it's also about the kind of media circus that surrounded that case.
0: Um, what else?
1: Well, so there's a few that I haven't, these aren't things that I personally am desperately, massively looking forward to, but there are some, well, I'm, I am looking forward to them, but the previous list is my, my heartland. Um, but there are some really big hitters coming this year that are super exciting. So we've got um new Terminator
0: movie. I'm, I- I'm actually, uh, I said this already, but I'm glad you mentioned that, because I do this every time. I get excited about a Terminator film, but this one, I genuinely am excited. Uh, they've got Linda Hamilton back, mm. and I like the casting, and Tim Miller, yeah. who directed Deadpool, showed that he ha- you know, can do action, yeah. and um, I, I'm hoping it's not too comedic, like sort of Terminator 3 or whatever, and... Again, James Cameron is involved in the story stage of this one as well, mm-hmm. so that hopefully they're not just going to wheel him out to say, this is the best Terminator film ever, um, which he did for Terminator Genesis. But yeah, I'm excited about this
1: yeah. one. Yeah, I, mean, I I think I just have the hope that maybe they'll make another good Terminator movie, which they haven't done
0: for quite a long time. I love that universe so much. Yeah. I, just, I I'm, Again, with you, I, I, I'm excited. I'm hopeful. I'm really hopeful. And that's 23rd of October.
1: Yeah, and uh, Toy Story 4, obviously, it's going to break everyone's hearts. It's going to be amazing. It's going to win the Oscar, you know.
0: Who's not looking forward to that? If you're not looking forward to that, then don't listen to my podcast. Um, it's, the, it's Toy Story, the greatest trilogy in cinema history. Yeah. And. You'd have to be a monster, wouldn't you? And Pixar, it was originally coming out last year, mm. and Pixar delayed it, but it swapped it with Incredibles 2, mm. which means that hopefully they're taking the time to get it right. It's their most valuable, well known property. I just think it's going to be a treat. In fact,. Um, I'm not even certain I'm allowed to say this, but at CinemaCon they showed the first 16 or 17 minutes. I wasn't there, but our CEO was. And she came back saying that she can't wait to see the full film.
1: My deputy editor saw, I don't know, maybe it might have been that or it might have been like, it was about 10 minutes of footage and came back all like teary eyed. And that was from 10 minutes. So I think that's kind of pretty promising.
0: Pixar do that so well, don't they? So well,
1: yeah. Uh, And then there's a few other things like uh, John Wick 3 is coming out. Hobbs and Shaw is coming out. Lion King live action uh, remakers coming from Jon Favreau who made Jungle Book, so I think that could be really good.
0: Yeah, you've chosen some great choices there. That just I will just say, the new Hobbs and Shaw trailer is three minutes long and it's absolutely insane. Mm. Um, it, I, I, I've watched the first trailer many times and I didn't. Re- this second trailer reveals what happens I think in the second part of the film. Have you seen this trailer where uh, yeah. they go to Hawaii, Hawaii or something, don't they? And Dwayne Johnson gets all his family together to fight Idris Elba's character. Mm. It looks crazy. It does
1: look great. I have to admit that I'm actually... Um, Fast and Furious franchise is is a blind spot for me. I've only actually ever seen just the one Fast and Furious film. I think it was eight. Like, none of the others. So I'm going to, like, don't really know what's going on in that universe. But I think it's one that people clearly really love. And it's big, big with our readership, of course.
0: Well, as someone who has seen all the Fast and Furious films... They've taken the two best things of the Fast and Furious mm-hmm. franchise and given them their own film. So that's good. And I still can't get over the fact that Idris Elba is playing the bad guy and his character's name is Brixton. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> just, <Really? laughs> I wonder if they went with Hackney first because he's yeah. from Hackney but um, and then changed it to Brixton. But yes, I'm excited about it. It's David Leach as well who did that's Deadpool right, yeah. 2. And
1: then um, the first John Wick.
0: Yeah, very excited. Now also we're recording this on Thursday, 25th of April. And bizarrely, I feel with the Avengers Endgame in cinemas today, they've announced Bond 25 details. As if afternoon. I wasn't
1: busy enough. <laughs> uh,
0: yes. Uh, they didn't, they, they did a big announcement uh, event in Jamaica, Ian McK- uh, Ian, not me McKellen, Ian McKellen, in Fleming's home. Uh, there wasn't that many details that we didn't already know, but Rami Malik is confirmed as playing the bad person, whoever that may be. Uh, Leia Seydoux is coming back. Anna de Armas is joining the cast. It's, are uh, all shaping up to be quite exciting isn't it and it's out in April next year. Yeah. And does that is Bond another pro- property that works really well with your readership? Yeah, absolutely 100%.
1: Um I thought the
0: uh, the thought the press conference today was a little bit underwhelming. I was I was very disappointed
1: they didn't announce the title because that was what we were all hoping. We were all kind of geared up trying to find out what it will be. Um but I think that you know there's every chance um it's Kerry Fukanaga who's directing and he's a really good director so I think you know that's that's very promising and it's obviously Daniel Craig's last film. Um, So, yeah, it's shaping up. I'm a little bit concerned uh, for Leia as I do. I worry that she's going to get fridged, as in, you know, killed off to help the redemptive arc. Um, But Rami Malek is a great choice.
0: And perhaps most excitingly, it's being co-written by Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Yeah. Who, every time she gets involved with something new, she shows herself to be something of a genius. Um, We Recently, Fleabag and Killing Eve um that's very exciting isn't it
1: yeah very very much so i've i've actually just finished um binge watching the second season of fleabag and it's it's brilliant so actually having her on board makes me think it might feel fresher a bit newer and and actually with rami malek so he's um one of the younger like villains that they've really had in the series and i think that's quite an interesting kind of um interesting take interesting to see where they will go with that
0: i'm very excited to see where they go with that because obviously with Rami Malek there's not a physical match up with him and Daniel Craig so i feel like the threat that he has to pose is something different as well and so
1: like an intellectual yeah. kind of thing and that this means um that maybe like ben whishaw's character is perhaps going to be more of a match for him and then they'll have to kind of have the <laughs> of q yeah.
0: q gets involved well it made me i made, it made me think of tomorrow never dies with mm-hmm. jonathan price where he plays a sort of tech billionaire person who's trying to um control the news or something I can't remember off the top of my head now but I thought maybe that's an angle they might go with something with this one
1: and that kind of works with Craig being a bit older now as well yeah. because I don't you know you don't he, he maybe wouldn't be quite so tech savvy that's the thing that character is not someone who's necessarily going to know that because he's got other people who can do that for him which could actually bring a really interesting new kind of flavour to the series
0: yeah and I feel, I feel like Phoebe Waller-Bridge is well, we might make it feel fresh and I think might highlight Bond's fallibility a bit more yeah. as well um, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm intrigued it's April next year now you mentioned it when we spoke very uh, at the start of this podcast uh, I remember Denner Geek being one of the very first sites of its kind that openly spoke about mental health uh, and you mentioned the award winning campaign Geeks versus loneliness uh, I found that really ri- hugely useful um, how important is this to the site
1: oh it's absolutely key it's a heartland um, we published every Friday Always on a Friday. It's just a thing that's always there that can be relied upon. Um, whether people want to read it or not, that's absolutely fine. We cover all different um, all different areas. Uh, we have different guest writers. Uh, we have so the, a woman called um, Jane uh, looks after that section for me, but and writes a lot of them herself. But we have a lot of different guest writers, and sometimes you know, sometimes it's staff, sometimes it's it's freelancers, and it's really kind of a safe space to be able to talk about. Um, difficult issues, and to to be open and honest about. I think I think communication is super important. I think that's what that that area of the site is for to to sort of show that we're all fallible and we all have like bad times and we all have issues. And talking about these things and becoming like sharing and, and becoming a community is a really really important thing. And if we can do that well, I think that's just great.
0: And I think it, I mean it's one of the many reasons people love. Ten of Geek mm. and we will continue to love it I think over coming years. So what features or articles have you got coming up that we can be excited about?
1: Well at the minute, well what I'm excited about is um, the interview that I did with Bo Burnham who directed uh, Eighth Grade. I know I'm banging on about it but honestly I love that film so much. Um, but that's one of these things that probably isn't going to do uh, a lot of traffic. However um, if you've seen Avengers Endgame, please come and visit the site. We've got some really really interesting and exciting things um, coming up in the next couple of days and I can't even tell you what they are because you'd have to have seen the film for me okay. to tell you what they are but there's one particular one which I'm super excited about it's really really nerdy
0: but it's great Okay, that's well I'll be there <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, thank you for joining me Rosie thank it's been you. a real pleasure chatting to you uh, I'll be back next month which uh, for the May podcast and this is probably only going to be uh, released online around the 28th of April so you might hear me again very soon uh, thanks for listening bye bye